0: Welcome to this very special episode of Fear Not, the podcast that tells us why we're afraid of all the wrong things and oblivious to what can actually kill us. This week, I'm breaking down the Democratic debates and asking, do DIMS fearmonger as much as Trump? Fear socialism, again? Is this like a running joke? So the NRA is bad, huh? I told you. And who was the biggest fear in the debates? all that coming up on the special democratic debate episode of fear not
1: today is gonna
0: Welcome back to Fear Not. It's episode nine, and I bet you can tell that I'm not Alonzo Bowden. I'm Barry Glassner, and as much as I would love to have Alonzo's voice and his insights and his humor here, unfortunately, Alonzo couldn't rearrange his travel schedule at the last minute to do this special episode. And so it's all me, solo, breaking down the six hours of this week's Democratic Debates. I've spent my career studying how people use fear to manipulate us, and presidents and presidential candidates are especially prone to it. Two weeks ago, Alonzo and I debunked Trump's racist go back to where you came from speech. And so when we saw that the Democratic debates were coming up, we seized on this opportunity because it gives us a chance to turn the tables on the Democrats and talk about how they use fear also. But before we get into the meat of the podcast, let me remind you of some important stuff. First, send us your fear mongering questions. We're getting some great ones from you and we'll answer them in upcoming episodes. So please keep them coming. We're on Twitter at fear not official or you can email us directly at fear not at gmail.com and while you're at it subscribe so you know when our episodes post and by the way give us a great review five stars please so let's get this special episode started in case you missed it the top 20 candidates vying for the democratic presidential nomination squared off in two debates over the last two nights and listen They engaged in a lot of fear-mongering. Now, our goal is not to magnify the fear-mongering, so don't write us and say we're doing that. What we're trying to do, as we always do on this podcast, is to help you spot manipulation when it happens so that you can put it in proper perspective.
2: They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people.
0: Fear-mongering by politicians is a tried-and-true tactic used to motivate voters. It goes way back to the founding fathers. Even old Benjamin Franklin, when he was concerned about a potential reconciliation with the British after the Revolutionary War, what did he do? He reported that American forces had discovered packages containing the scalps of women and children taken by Native Americans— And then he wrote a fake letter from naval great John Paul Jones, you've heard of him, saying that the British, quote, engage savages to murder defenseless farmers, women and children. Trump has taken the lead among fear-mongering presidents, at least in the lifetime of anybody listening to this podcast. Let's say since Eisenhower.
2: At this very moment, large, well-organized caravans of migrants are marching toward our southern border. Some people call it an invasion. It's like an invasion.
0: Every president has used fear to manipulate us, some much more than others. Part of the reason why Trump's fear-mongering is so dramatic is because we're coming out of eight years of the least fear-mongering president in modern times.
1: The America I know is full of courage and optimism and ingenuity. The America I know is decent and generous. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know.
0: Barack Obama made it a point of his election plan and his platform to take every opportunity to defuse fear-mongering wherever he could. But Obama was an exception. Until Trump took over as the biggest fearmonger in chief I bestowed that
1: distinction on this guy. As we look at America, we see cities enveloped in smoke and flame. We hear sirens in the night. We see Americans hating each other, fighting each other, killing each other at home. Millions of Americans cry out in anguish. Did we come all this way for this?
0: That's right, folks. Trump has knocked even Richard Nixon off the fear-mongering pedestal. And that's something, okay? This is Nixon. He was a giant fearmonger. After all, he's the guy who proclaimed, and I quote, people react to fear, not love. They don't teach that in Sunday school, but it's true. That was Richard Nixon. But what I find is the most surprising thing to many people is the president who comes in a close second to Nixon on the list of all-time fear-mongers. And I'll give you a hint, it's not a Republican. Nope, it's this guy.
2: Help us stop our most serious social problem, the epidemic of teen pregnancies and births where there is no marriage. Tonight, I call on parents and leaders all across this country to join together in a national campaign against teen pregnancy to make a difference. We can do this, and we must.
0: That, in fact, is what inspired me to write my book initially, The Culture of Fear. He and other prominent politicians and pundits of that period blamed all sorts of things on teen moms, from crime to the national debt. It was absurd, completely absurd, but it worked for them politically. And initially, I was just going to write an article about this, but the more I looked around, the more I found that politicians do this about all kinds of things. And it's crazy, but it works for them. Now, of course... Back then, that was before Twitter and the wide use of the internet where we can now fact check our presidents in real time. But catch this, that's not all Clinton fearmongered about. He railed about a subject that's still being used by presidents today to get votes.
2: All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens.
0: Fearmongers often choose to target people who are deemed weak, like pregnant teens, immigrants, and in Trump's case, <laughs> first term Congress people. I'm here to tell you, though, fearmongering by presidents and presidential candidates is bad for the people they're fearmongering about and bad for all of us. Anxiety is already the leading psychological disorder in the U.S. Nobody needs extra things to be anxious about. American society is overwhelmed with fear. The Democratic candidates should not be adding to that. It won't work for them politically, not this round. Trump has proven that you can't out fearmonger the fearmonger in chief. So back to the question at hand, how much did they engage in fear-mongering during this week's debate? Well, a lot. In fact, we're only going to point out a few examples, otherwise we'd be here all day and i got to get to dinner. If you've listened to our last few episodes, this first topic is going to sound very familiar.
1: Governor Hickenlooper, you ran a Facebook ad that warned, quote, socialism is not the answer.
0: That's right. CNN dedicated 12 and a half minutes of the first debate to socialism.
1: Are you saying that Senator Sanders is too extreme to beat President Trump?
2: The Green New Deal makes sure that every American is guaranteed a government job that they want. That is a disaster at the, at the ballot box. You might as well FedEx the election to Donald Trump.
0: Using the term socialism is something Republicans do to fire up their base. But here, it's CNN front and center, using it as a fear tactic.
1: Senator Sanders, you are a proud Democratic socialist. How do you respond to Governor Hickenlooper?
0: Interestingly, Tom Perez, the chair of the Democratic National Committee, the head spokesperson for the Democrats, invoked socialism in his own pre-debate warm-up of the crowd. But in his case, he used it as a positive.
2: President Johnson signed Medicaid and Medicare into law. And I will note parenthetically, what did Republicans who opposed it call those laws? Socialism! Ronald Reagan said, and I quote, Medicare will lead to socialized medicine.
3: Medicare will lead to socialism in America. He was full of it then, and these folks
0: are full of it now. And this from Mayor P.
3: If If it's true that if we embrace a far-left agenda, they're going to say we're a bunch of crazy socialists. If we embrace a conservative agenda, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna say we're a bunch of crazy socialists.
0: I agree with Mayor Pete, Trump and gang are going to fear-monger that you're all a bunch of socialists anyway, so stop helping him by calling each other that yourselves. And you might join Tom Perez and point out that this kind of fear-mongering goes way back to Roosevelt and the New Deal, and it's all BS. There are many things Americans love that were called socialist in their day. That doesn't mean that we should fear falling into socialism. For one thing, it hasn't happened in the last 70 years, so why does anybody think it's going to happen
1: now? President Trump, Donald Trump.
2: Trump, Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump,
3: Donald Trump.
2: Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Trump, Trump, Donald Trump.
0: Sounds like there was a 21st candidate in this debate, not just 20. The word Trump appeared 166 times in the debates, and there was a lot of fear mongering about him.
2: Trump is a pathological liar. He is a fraud and a phony. Donald Trump is the Office of Presidents.
0: Guess what Dems, you're only helping his brand. Your supporters already know and believe the stuff you're saying about Trump. Plus, they hear enough about him all day and night on cable news and social media.
3: Ask yourself how somebody like Donald Trump ever gets within cheating distance of the Oval Office in the first place. The most dangerous president in the history
2: of this country, a guy who's a racist and a sexist and a homophobe.
1: We have a predator living in the White House. I have had it with the racist attacks.
2: Now
0: brace yourself for another revelation. Everyone watching the debates already knows you think he's a racist and a sexist who doesn't belong anywhere near the White House. The words racist or racism appeared in the debates 23 times. So we get it. Move on to another topic.
3: Mr. President, kids belong in classrooms.
2: Not Cajun. We have a president, as everybody's acknowledged here, every day is ripping at the social fabric of this country.
0: Hey Democrats, the folks you need to win this election are swing voters and turned off voters who often don't vote at all. They're not interested in your fear-mongering about Trump. They're just not. They're looking for a positive alternative. Okay, we talked about the NRA at length in episode two. In that episode, the NRA was my fear of the week. CNN spent a full 10 minutes on gun violence prevention and the debates, and here are some of the highlights about the NRA.
1: This is about the NRA. I sat across from the president of the United States after Parkland, and I watched and wrote down when nine times he said he wanted universal background checks. The next day he goes and he meets with the NRA, and he folds. It is the NRA. And it's not just gun violence. Washington, D.C. is captured
2: by dark money, the Koch brothers, and others.
0: But can you stay with gun violence for a second, please? And especially the NRA.
2: Now, I come from one of the most rural states in America. I have a D-minus voting record from the NRA. And as president, I suspect it will be an F record. What I believe we have got to do is have the guts to finally take on the NRA.
0: Bernie, 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 on last week's episode, we were real nice to you and about how you talk about democratic socialism and all. But on gun violence, come on, man. This isn't just about how the NRA rates you. It's about how the other side rates you, too. The organization Every Town for Gun Safety, which is one of the leading and most respected organizations in this area, have a scorecard on the candidates. And Bernie comes out very poorly. Better than Trump, yeah, but much worse than Booker, Buttigieg, Gillibrand, Harris, and actually several others, even uh, Marianne Williamson.
1: The issue of gun safety, of course, is that the NRA has us in a chokehold. But so do the pharmaceutical companies, so do the health insurance companies, so do the fossil fuel companies, and so do the defense contractors.
0: No doubt, in this case, money is the root of all evil. Gun violence is a legitimate fear. On average, about 100 Americans are killed with guns every day and something that large groups of voters care deeply about, especially young voters who Democrats need to get to the polls. There are many things a president and Congress can do to curtail gun violence, things that the vast majority of Americans and even most gun owners support. And the only way they're going to get that done is by reining in the NRA. Here's my tip of the week. If Dems have to fearmonger about something, make it gun violence prevention. It's time to declare the biggest fearmonger of the debates. See if you can guess. Take a listen. Here's Judge.
3: I'm running for president because our country is running out of time. It is even bigger than the emergency of the Trump presidency.
0: And Sanders?
3: Right now, 500,000
2: Americans are sleeping out on the street, and yet companies like Amazon that made billions in profits did not pay one nickel in federal income tax.
0: Let's listen to Booker. We have serious
2: problems
0: in
1: America. We have deep wounds and seriously deeply rooted challenges.
0: And what about Warren?
1: to call out white supremacy for what it is, domestic terrorism. And it poses a threat to the United States of America.
0: Here's Biden.
1: We are not
2: leaving it. We are here to stay, and we're certainly not going to leave it to you.
0: Oh, and don't forget Williamson.
1: There is an injustice that continues to form a toxicity Wor- underneath the surface, an emotional turbulence Ms. that Williamson, only reparations thank will Thank you be. very
0: much. That was a lot of fear-mongering. But who was the biggest fear-monger of the two nights? Who wins the Barry Glassner seal of disapproval for using the wrong approach to win an election? Drumroll, please. We have a tie. The first winner of the night is actually CNN. Just listen to a few of the questions they asked and how they phrased them.
1: Would you raise taxes on the middle class to pay for Medicare for all?
0: So many of CNN's questions were tinged with fear.
1: On the topic of whether the middle class should pay higher taxes in exchange for universal coverage and the elimination of insurance premiums,
0: And they used Republican talking points to incite controversy.
1: You are willing to raise taxes on middle-class Americans.
0: But enough about CNN. As for the most fear-mongering candidate, who was that? Mayor Pete. Yep, it pains me to say this, it really does. But listen, here's just his opening statement.
3: An economy that's not working for everyone. Endless war, climate change. My generation has lived this as long as we have been alive. Science tells us we have 12 years before we reach the horizon of catastrophe when it comes to our climate. By 2030, the average house in this country will cost half a million bucks, and a woman's right to choose may not even exist.
0: And here are a few additional gems.
3: It's not just a crisis of immigration, it's a crisis of cruelty and incompetence that has created a humanitarian disaster on our southern border. It is a stain on the United States of America. High school is hard enough without having to worry about whether you're going to get shot. Our country's in trouble. By 2030, we will have passed the point of no return on climate.
0: Despite all that, I still love Pete. The one statement that nails what's really at stake for the Democrats to win this election, it's something that Mayor Pete said in an interview with Reuters, and I quote, my generation is the generation that experienced school shootings beginning when I was in high school, the generation that fought in the post-9-11 wars, the first generation to have to deal with the reality of climate change, and the first generation not to be better off than our parents materially if nothing changes. The way I see it, Mayor Pete understands this better than any of the other candidates. So Mayor Pete, we love you, but you gotta stop with the fear-mongering already. You're better than that. Now, as to the question I posed at the top of the show, did Dems fearmonger as much as Trump? The answer is a resounding no. Trump wins hands down. My advice to the Democrats based on the history of fearmongering, stop trying to beat Trump at his own game. Voters want fixes, not fear. That's it for this special Democratic Debate episode of Fear Not. Alonzo Bowden will be back with me next week for another special episode highlighting some of our favorite segments. In the meantime, fear not.
1: Today is going If you like what you heard, hell, even if you hated what you heard, hit the subscribe button and tune in every week. Give us a five-star review to help us rise on the charts.
0: And as always, if you hear news stories that make your hair stand on end or they sound like someone is trying to fill you with fear, send them to us at FearnotOfficial.com or tweet us at FearnotOfficial. And we'll see if we can uh, find the truth.
1: Let us know what you're scared of. Fear Not is a Stone & Company entertainment production hosted by Alonzo Bowden and Dr. Barry Glassner. Executive produced by Scott A. Stone. Produced and edited by Adam Everest. Written by Scott A. Stone, Barry Glassner, and Adam Everest. Alonzo writes stuff too. Don't believe him. Our sound engineer is David I. Legal Beagles, Loeb & Loeb. Crack accountants are 10-key accounting. Special thanks to Gary Brown, Betsy Amster, and Adam's imaginary girlfriend.